Welcome to the Only God Stories podcast, where we believe testimonies are powerful. In this podcast, your faith will be built as we hear from people from all walks of life who recognize the power of God in their lives. To hear more testimonies or for the opportunity to share a story of your own, check us out on our website at onlygodstories.org. Hi, everyone. Thank you for joining us here at the Only God Stories podcast. We are doing it a little different this week in that we realize that October is Pregnancy and Infant Loss Awareness Month. So we thought, what better time than to share our only God story about pregnancy loss that we've experienced in the past. So we are about, let's see, six years almost to really the month of uh, losing a baby early in pregnancy. And I just have to say it was hard but it did turn into its own only God story. And so our hope and our prayer is that it encourages you. It uh, gives you a chance to really understand the feelings and emotions that people experience if you have not been there yourself, because really it's something hard to imagine if you haven't. But also for those who are walking through something right now, we pray that it gives you hope, uh, specifically hope and just encouragement with where you're at, affirmation of the feelings that you're feeling, but also the reminder that man, God can do so much with just a little, and he can do so much with even a loss. So Joseph, uh, it's been, like I said, it's been a minute. It's been a minute, but I feel like we're even still experiencing some of the fallout from just the trauma and the pain. And it is something that's really painful and something that we don't really hear about a lot is just the man's side of it. And so I would just love to hear a little bit from you. Yeah. 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 So really for, for me, well, I guess, um, there's just really even an understanding that, um, as a man, I think women were more aware of this than what I would have been just, um, how many people have gone through, um, uh, just the loss of a baby. And just to be really transparent, um, um, our process and, and I don't, um, it, it sucked. <laughs> there, there wasn't, there wasn't anything fun about it. Um, and I think we'll kind of get more in the kind of the linear path, but just really as, as the man and the, um, as the man, like I, I felt a little helpless if I'm honest, um, in the middle of, um, our loss and, even just to know like what, how do I support my wife and how do I support us as a family? And then even just how do I deal with it myself? And um, I think that's probably been the longest part of the journey is just to figure out how to process through that and um, and really just how to um, how to lead and be the supporter, but also how to ask for the Lord to give his healing as well. And so, Tiffany, you wanted to just kind of lay out the story and then we'll just kind of give some some bits and pieces there and unfold it a little bit more. Yeah, so let's see, around, like, I guess November of 2017 is when we found out we were pregnant, and so we probably would have been about, by the time I had an appointment, we would have been around 10 weeks pregnant, and we were really excited. This would have been our second child, so we had our son, who was just a few years old at the time. He was three Jackson, and we made a very rookie mistake of bringing him to the doctor appointment, this first doctor appointment. And this was a baby that we were trying to have, and so we were very excited. So we go to this doctor appointment, and we have our ultrasound, and you can see the baby. And I specifically remember thinking, 
that's not what the baby's supposed to look like. And that, like, in ultrasounds that early, you should be able to see the heartbeat. And I vividly remember seeing the ultrasound screen and thinking something's not right because I don't see a heartbeat. And I had no clue. And you had no clue. You were telling like Jackson. You had Jackson on your lap. You were like, oh, Jackson, there's baby. Like, you were so excited. Child and I don't really... It, you, men, it's okay. We have no idea what's really happening on those screens. Well, I just can't even tell. And I'm a researcher. I know what it's supposed to look like. I know what it's supposed to supposed to be doing at that point. And so we're looking at this ultrasound. I know something's not right. Then, of course, the ultrasound technician confirms what we thought or what I thought, that there's no heartbeat, wasn't able to find a heartbeat. Turns out that the baby stopped growing. Uh, five weeks before that so when we were at about 10 weeks pregnant the baby was only five weeks so this was very early and so it's called a missed miscarriage it's where your body still thinks it's pregnant and for me still experiencing all the symptoms but had no idea that the baby wasn't actually alive and uh, so this was November 28th of 2017 which is a very specific date and it plays into a part of our only god story later on in the story so november 28th and uh, i remember I, we posted something on facebook like really needing prayer you know and somebody reached out and i opened up to them about what was going on and they they put out on facebook a, a meal train for us and just explaining what happened and it was around that time where not a lot of people were talking about miscarriage and it's kind of become a thing to do now which is amazing and it should be something that's talked about but it was very early and not something as far as very early in this new wave of people talking about miscarriages but what that allowed to happen was so many women reached out to me who had experienced miscarriage and they were able to kind of walk me through what my options were. Because whenever you're given your options, you have a few options. Uh, do you let the baby pass naturally? Do you go for a DNC or do you have medicine? Which are fun options. None of them which were fun. But I was able to learn from women, like some women who had experienced multiple miscarriages and saying, you know, this is what was really traumatic for me and this is kind of what my preference would be based on my history and so we did make a decision that a few days later I would have a DNC and go on for surgery so um and I will add that it just allowed a really good experience of people just being able to love on us share their experiences people were providing us meals I mean we were in the holiday season like this is a few weeks before Christmas uh, so December 1st is when I go in for the DNC and part, I would say part one of our only God story from this was that day, December 1st. So as I'm coming out of the anesthesia, man, well, first of all, so many emotions are high and grieving a loss of a child, even a baby early in pregnancy is excruciating uh, in an emotional standpoint. And whenever you are going through a pregnancy loss, you have the grieving. On top of that, you have hormones and you are just not in the right state of mind. And it's like, there's no way I can really explain it to somebody. But I remember whenever they came and had me sign all the paperwork before taking, wheeling me back. 
and this is something I've only told maybe a couple of people and like less than five people since then. But I remember when they're going through all the risks and they say a risk is death, like, and you're signing, you know, your waiver. And I just remember in that moment thinking, man, that would be a lot easier. And yeah, so that's what I was thinking. A very So that just shows you, and I'm somebody I've never experienced any type of depression, any type of anxiety. I've never had any mental health struggles. So even somebody like me who hasn't had that struggle before, it seemed easier. Death seemed easier in that moment. As sad as that is to admit, like that's just where I was. And you're just not in the not in a good state of mind on top of grieving, hormones, all the things. But go ahead. Can I just ask even just I mean, obviously that's that's heavy and that's big in that in that space. And you know, just odds are somebody that's listening has either had um they've experienced this or they maybe even they have a friend that's experiencing it now, or maybe they've just because they've never been there, like what would you say to somebody that um, has a friend that is in the same situation, like how how do they be there for you? Like what what does that look like in the midst of some pretty heavy stuff? Someone who has a friend in that situation, uh, a, a lot of it's just being there, being present. You don't just say a lot because honestly, it's really easy to say something stupid. Uh, <laughs> it's just That's being true. honest. Like Joseph says, you know, it, you know. it really stinks. Yeah. Like this is not a fun situation. Uh, it's really easy for people to say a lot of not smart things to somebody going through this. Yeah. And so sometimes it's just wise to be silent and just to be present, be there for a meal, it's get your favorite word. candy bar, get the hot chocolate if it's winter months, get like comfort foods, just do whatever, whatever you can just from a comforting sense, Eat less words, more action, I would say. Yeah, that's good. I got to give a shout out to Joanne Wood. She brought us a Mexican lasagna. We still make that we Mexican lasagna. Yeah. <laughs> we had it last Wood. week, right? So That's true. When, you're, when you're listening, you're you're still paying dividends to our family right now. Yeah. It was the gift that keeps on giving. We it love that. Yeah. It was a good, good meal. Comfort foods. And I, yeah. and I could still, I could tell you every single person who brought us a meal. I could tell you their names. That's how impactful it was. Um, I people just really came through and comforted. And I think that's the thing for people in those situations because the world doesn't see it as a loss. The world doesn't see it as like, you don't get bereavement leave. I had a DNC and was at work the next day. Like you don't get bereavement leave. You don't get, because in the world's view, it wasn't a baby, but you lost a baby. But that's neither here nor there right now. Um, Whenever I did have that DNC, though, I came out of it and I just felt like I needed to start writing. So and I'm like still kind of the effects of anesthesia. I'm start writing this blog post that is going to share our story after this DNC and kind of just share how it was hard. But here's the scripture that really just popped out to me because I wasn't somebody who I didn't find solace in the Bible, as terrible as that is. Uh, I probably should have, but that's just where I was from a mental state. However, I've memorized so much scripture throughout my life that the right scriptures just came to mind. And uh, there's something in there for somebody like hide the word in your heart, because whenever you are too exhausted spiritually, emotionally to pick up a Bible, like the Bible finds you. And uh, I always say like Jesus, whenever he was in the wilderness with temptation, he didn't have to go get a scroll to say what was written to Satan anytime Satan tried to tempt him. 
he knew what was written, not just because he was the word made flesh, but because he was a Jewish boy that had to memorize scripture. In the same age, yep. You right. know, so he was able to say, it is written, thou shalt not, it is written. And just memorizing scripture is huge for undergoing like hard things in life. So I highly recommend it. I'll get off yeah. my soapbox. But I wrote this blog post. Long story short, I post this and I had a blog at the time. I hate writing. Writing an email to more than three people stresses me out. It really does. There's just like a lack of control. Like, how are they going to read it? How are they going to interpret it? And I did not like writing. And I only had this blog to stretch me in that. And this blog's purpose was just to, you know, practice something that made me uncomfortable. So I published this blog and I instantly start getting hits on it. So this was like two weeks after the DNC. I like, I remember these dates really well. I want to say this was like December 13th, something like that. Um, so December 1st, had that DNC. December 13th, I post this blog and instantly I got like before, I want to say like nine o'clock in the morning, I had three times as many hits as normal on a single post entire lifespan just within an hour or two. And so I knew it was like, okay, this really started stressing me out. So many people are reading it. I didn't expect that. Nobody was reading what I think. Like people that don't know me are reading it. Like how does yeah. this feel? Like, yeah. Yeah. And then I I just went into like just an extreme state of, I mean, really anxiety after that. Um, so I probably, I don't recommend doing that. <laughs> like I don't recommend publishing your story so soon. It probably wasn't the best choice, but God did so many good things with it. And I had, uh, I've had the opportunity to really minister to some women because of that post that I never would have gotten the chance to minister to. And then a couple weeks in, I start getting like people reaching out to me from different organizations wanting to publish it. Like it was published in a magazine and it was shared and republished on several blogs. And it was just, it really quickly reached thousands and tens of thousands, which was scary in some ways, but also so good. And something that I feel like God really spoke to me during that time was that the scripture in Genesis, highly quoted all the time, you know, where Joseph is telling his brothers, what you meant for evil, God used for good. And I just had this realization that, you know, he was a forerunner of Christ. And we have the Holy Spirit, the power that rose Jesus from the dead living in us. We have the power through the Holy Spirit to take what the enemy has meant for evil because death is evil. Like death is not in God's original design. It is the result of a broken world. But we have the power to use what has been meant for evil in our lives for good. Like we have the Holy Spirit in us. Like we have that power. And I feel like the blog was just a way of doing that and seeing so many good things come from it. Um, but then as that was happening, Joseph, you were processing, this would have been fast forward a month to January, and you were just processing the loss with the Lord, and God gave you just a word and a name for that yeah. baby. Yeah, I think even, um, I'll share that, but um, I'll also even just give like, some of the husband seat as well to kind of give some more color um, is um, rightfully so there's so much that um, the Tiffany's going through or that a spouse would be going through. Um, and 
for me, it felt like one of those, I've just got to, I've got to be the tough one or the strong one or the pull yourself by your um, bootstraps kind of moments, you know, like, um, and, and I can typically kind of process through how I'm feeling about something, but, um, I, I reference my story a lot to like the story of, um, the centurion guard, um, that goes to Jesus and he's like, Hey, my daughter's dying. Will you come heal her? And, um, he's like, yeah, hold on, but I'm kind of busy. And he's like, I'm doing some ministry right now. And so eventually this kind of goes back and forth into, and, and he waits for um, Jesus to come heal his daughter. And I think I always say the name wrong. I think it's Jairus or Jarius. I, I get it confused sometimes. Jairus. So there we go. Jairus. Okay, I think it's Jairus. And the only reason I know is because we watched The Chosen. And that's the only reason you, I know the pronunciation. Um, anyway, so um, it goes all the way till it, um, his daughter ends up passing away. And so, um, but Jesus still goes to the man's house and he goes all the way, he goes all the way to his house. And, and there's this moment in time where, um, he's got to make it, Jairus has to make a decision. Um, and it's, does he let Jesus in? And so Jesus goes literally to his lost, broken, hurt, um, goes straight to the front door and he's got to decide, is he actually going to still let this guy in? And so he lets him into the house. He lets him in the front door, but not only that, but he lets him all the way into the bedroom, the place of the deepest, the hardest, um, hurts were. And for me, just to be transparent for everybody, like, um, I let Jesus in for my own heart. Um, I let him into the living room and it was really hard for me to let him back into the back bedroom and really just do the healing and the processing there. And, um, and there's probably an, a time for another podcast, but there's a longer journey there for me of whether it's just numbing or whatever it may be like the just it hurt, you know, like, um, and I didn't really know how to deal with it to be really transparent. And over time, the Lord has continued to heal that in this process. But, um, but that was the moment that I was in the reality of where I've, I've been and the Lord's taken me out of. Um, but it was in that processing time that really there's times I'm crying and yelling out to the Lord. Literally, I remember, um, driving on the highway and just yelling like, Lord, what the heck, you know, like, <laughs> like, I don't, I don't want this. Um, but the Lord did give me in that process as I, as I continued to wrestle with them, cause he's okay at handling our big questions. Um, um, the Lord told me that, um, that we had a baby and there was a baby girl and her name was hope. And, um, it's like, okay. as far as the baby we lost so was a baby, baby girl. We lost her name Ancient. was hope. And, um, so I sat on it for a couple of days. I didn't know if I, what to share the right timing, uh, for Tiffany. And so I sat on it for a couple of days and I'm like, yeah, I'm going to share it with her. And so, um, so I shared that with her. I said, Hey, um, I feel like the Lord's telling me that it was a baby girl. Um, and we kind of wanted it. We wanted a girl at some point within our family and it was a baby girl and her name was hope. And so I just shared that with her Not really with any other, um, big push for anything other than just to share what the Lord was speaking to me. Um, and then it really, um, and then the Lord really highlighted something for you as we continue that journey. Yeah. I was actually reading a book. It, it wasn't the Bible, but I was reading a book the next day you said that, and there was a scripture in this book and it was a proverb. And it said, a hope, so specifically hope, a hope deferred makes the heart sick. And we had a hope deferred in many ways. And it said, a hope deferred makes the heart sick, but a longing fulfilled is a tree of life. Hmm. And so the day after you shared that, I read that scripture. And I just felt that 
God was promising me that we were going to have a baby and it was going to be a girl. And so I think this was once again in January. And I took that to you. I know it was in January because we went to dinner for your birthday. And I told you, this is the scripture I found the day after you told me about the baby's name. And I believe we're going to name, we're going to have a girl and we're going to name her Ashlyn because the second half was a longing fulfilled as a tree of life. And the name Ashlyn means a meadow of ash trees. And I'm very thankful to say that, let's see, 11 months after that, so in November, we're coming up on her birthday and her fifth birthday. And so we have, so two months before we were even pregnant with her, we had that word from the Lord. We had her on November 18th, but her due date was November 28th. So I told you you'd be coming back to that date. It was a year from the day we found out that we lost the baby was her due date. And then she ended up coming 10 days early. And God is still doing things with that story and with her. And I mean, even what's even crazier with that blog, I was saying how organizations have republished it. It was actually shared on the Today's Show social media. Like how, like, who does that? It's a well, scripture all throughout. And, with scripture. Yeah. yeah, like straight scripture. Like at the very end of this blog post, I had the story and then I just list scripture. And that was published on the Today's Show Facebook and the Today Show's uh, social media Instagram. I, I mean, that's been so good. And not every story ends that way. And a lot of stories end with no baby. And I, I want to recognize that. Like she had an incredible story. Like even we found out through the miscarriage that I have a split uterus, TMI for some people. Sorry. And we have no idea what she said. Ooh, she had no idea. No idea. Um, <laughs> like a heart. Another. So, so, but we found this out and apparently one side was more conducive for pregnancy than the other side. And there's a pretty miraculous story of how she ended up on the side that was more conducive for pregnancy. And it was just pretty incredible. And like I said, God's just been good. But I do recognize that there are people out there who haven't had that. They haven't had their rainbow baby. And they haven't had even opportunities to see any good from it. And so I just want to speak to those people for a minute that as hard as it is, God is still good. And our story obviously had some moments where, okay, only God's doing something in this. And it's what we can call an only God story because of that. And we had a, an amazing outcome. Like it doesn't take the hurt away that we still lost the baby. And I can't imagine what the world would be like without our Ashlyn in it. Um, but I just understand that not every story ends that way. So for those people, I do pray for you and I am sorry I hope you know that God is still good in the heart, and I hope you know that the Holy Spirit's in you, and you can choose to do something with it as well. You can, you can use what God or what the enemy has meant for evil, God can use for good, and His right. Spirit is in you. That's right. And you can do anything with that. Yeah, I think that's a, a, good, a good way to um, conclude us, and um, I, I'll, I mean, it as much as there's, it's like there's so much somber kind of reflection for ourselves, like even tears in my eyes, just thinking about the goodness of the Lord through it all. Um, and I think no matter if you've been in this situation or just something else that's hard, 
um, at the end of the day, God is so good and he meets you right there. He meets you in that place. And so that's even just my encouragement to everybody as we, as we wrap the call is to, um, just to recognize maybe God's goodness is hard to see even in a moment, but he's there and he's for you. And there is goodness in the midst of, um, hard and challenge. Um, and the Lord wants to continue to be able to see his fruit spring up in your life. And so, um, once again, thank you for being on the podcast or listening to the podcast. Hey, we encourage you. Hey, if you like what we're doing so far, um, to, to like, leave a comment, leave a review, all that will continue to be able to help us to, um, really just to see God's story shared across the globe. Um, so grateful for you. Thanks for even just letting today be a little bit different. We're, um, just telling, uh, or really opening up our own story and sharing a little bit more about what God's done in our life. And we look forward to hearing many more stories of what God's doing in your life as well. So with that, we'll be seeing you guys here uh, very, very soon. Thanks so much. Have a good day. Thank you for listening to the Only God Stories podcast. Be sure to follow us on social media as we share more stories like these. And don't forget to check out our website at onlygodstories.org for more information on how you can share how the power of God has moved in your life.